0: this week's show. It's called Till the End of the World. It came out in 1998. It stars Kim Hee-sun and Yoo Shi-won. And uh, I think I talked about Yoo Shi-won before. Um, Yoo Shi-won was like the 1990s K-drama sweetheart. He was the 90s uh, Leonardo DiCaprio of South Korea. You know, all the, all the girls were in love with Leo in the 90s. And uh, Yushuan was another one of those. You know what it was? Yushuan had this hairstyle. <laughs> like it, it, like, a, like a mushroom haircut kind of thing, but not like tacky. It was like kind of sexy. Like he had bangs. <laughs> I mean, everything I'm saying to describe this look sounds unsexy, but I swear to God, back in the 90s, Yushuan had this haircut and any guy that had a similar haircut, I would like be in love with him. Like, that was, like, my style. Like, I, I dug that style of haircut. But this show also stars Kim Hojin, and um, it's a really messed up kind of show. Um, it also has supporting roles from very big... Uh, Hallyu stars Kim Sana is in it as a supporting role, and Kim Jung eun is also in it in a supporting role. Uh, Kim jong eun is known for Our *Lovers in Paris*, which is an amazing show. I'll talk about it at some point. And Kim Sana, as you all know, she was in *My My Lovely Hamsun*, which I already talked about. I recommend this show if you want to feel very sad. Honestly, I don't recommend the show at all. It's not that good of a show. I'm just talking about it because. You know, it came out in the late 90s, and I saw, like, older, like, you know, older uh, friends of mine, like, unnie's and oppa's, like, I saw them watch this show, and I was just, like, very curious, you know? Basically, all right, this show is actually really fucked up. So, Kimi-sun, right? She's an orphan. She grew up at this orphanage that yushiwon's character's mother runs. So, the director of this orphanage is... The mother to Ryushiwan's character. And Kimi san is the orphan that grew up in this orphanage, right? And she's like the big sister and she takes care of all these young kids. And it's like a beautiful thing. And Yushiwon's character is into Kimi san's character. They're like kind of in love. But then the director chick, I mean, the lady, she finds out that her son is dating this orphan girl and she's like not having it and i was like wow what kind of like fucked up kind of you know hypocrisy is that like you know you your life is dedicated to rearing orphans but you also reject them when they want to marry your son i was like what it's a little messed up anyway so kim Kimi-san leaves she leaves the orphanage and she's like you know about college age right and um a very unfortunate thing happens to her okay like the thing is Korean dramas they they very rarely uh, show rape. Very rarely do they actually have a character get raped, right? But this is what happens to Kim Sun's character. She gets fully raped by Kim Ho Jin's character. Kim Ho Jin is like he plays this rich asshole type, right? But he's not nice. I mean, he's a rapist. Hello, and um, he rapes her, and Kim Sun gets pregnant. <laughs> She gets knocked up. It's so fucked up, right? And she breaks Yushiwan's heart by just saying like, yeah, I don't love you anymore. Even though that's not true. She totally does love him. Um, And she's pregnant with this asshole's kid. And this asshole guy, right? Like he is so manipulative and cruel and demeaning. And all she wants to do is like, have a father for this child but this guy is just like obsessed with her but like his parents won't have her and you know he knows that she doesn't love him and he always threatens suicide like kimojin's character threatens suicide about three or four times on this show it's like remarkable how often he turns to at one point he even gets down on his knees and like (laughs) shows a knife and he's like let's just both die like or you know he's like If you don't come with me, I'm gonna kill myself. And at one point, like Kimi San's character, is so sick of it, she just says, "Yeah, go ahead and kill yourself." I was like, "Yes, bitch." It's like finally. I don't know what can I say about this show. Like this show does the same thing that all the other shows do, which is that like an orphan girl, because they don't know like where her blood lineage is from, they just end up killing her. They usually end up killing her with leukemia. And that's what happens to this chick. She dies of leukemia. Duh. Of course she dies of leukemia. And um Yushiwan's character, he gets blinded by Kim ho character. Kim Hojin takes a glass bottle and smashes it in his eye, and he gets he goes blind. <laughs> so what Kimi-san's character does is she um, she has leukemia, so like she's at the like tail end of her life, right? She has the baby first of all. It gives birth to the baby, and then, she, since she's about to die, she donates her eyes to Rishun's character, and Rishun wakes up with, like, his lover's eyes in his fucking head. It's really kind of insane and cruel, and kind of camp. It's a little campy, but it's, honestly, when you're watching the show, it doesn't feel camp at all. It's very melodramatic, it's heavy, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of stuff, but it's not a good show. Honestly, I wouldn't recommend it. Don't watch it. I'm just talking about it cuz I think the themes are interesting or whatever. Ryu was hot back in the day, but Ryu actually is no longer um part of the Hallyu industry system because he got marred in some domestic violence scandal. And uh we just don't see him on TV anymore. So that's sad, I guess. Um yeah, just Don't be hitting women, you know? I mean, it's such a stark contrast to the kind of person that he played. He always played a good guy. He always played that nice, sweet oppa that you could rely on, the oppa that would do anything for you. He always played that kind of guy. And then in his real life, turns out he was this crazy stalker, domestic abuser. Um, Yikes. Anyway, you guys, I don't have much in terms of updates. I guess I was feeling a little depressed this past week. Uh, I know that I have depression when I keep thinking about ordering a pizza. And the thing is, in Los Angeles, it's never a good idea to order a pizza because it's just going to be disgusting. Always. Like, there's never good pizza in Los Angeles. Um, In New York, as soon as I arrive, I always order a whole pie. Whole pie for grace. That's what I do. But here... I don't like to order pizza because I know it's going to be garbage. So that's when I know. Like, when I have this feeling of wanting to order pizza, I know that it's depression. It's a form of self destruction. And I have to look inwards and be like, what the hell's going on? What is going on? I haven't figured it out yet. I don't know exactly what's going on. But, you know, I'm doing a little bit better today than I was yesterday. Yesterday, I really couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything. But today, I got to do a lot of things. So I'm glad for that. And, um, yeah, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I had a lot of fun at the Hollywood Improv tonight, you know, had a great set, got to see a bunch of my friends. It was a fantastic time. Kirk Fox dropped in, did a set. And, you know, that guy's so profound. Like he's like very deep in some ways. It was really fascinating to see him drop in on a on a mic and just like do his thing. It was, it was quite fascinating. Anyway, you guys, my guest today is Misho Shakur. And he is I don't know. Like to me he feels like a, a kind of a soulmate, you know? I have I have several soulmates in my life and uh, I feel like Michaud is like another soulmate. That's what I feel, you know? Um he is the man. What can I say? You know, he's he's based in New York. He's a hilarious comic and he's a good guy. You know, he's a stand-up guy, he's a likable fella. Everybody loves him, okay? Um is also an artist, you know, visual artist. What's not to like? Michaud is also uh, from Syria he's Syrian okay and um, you know we we kind of get into that stuff we talk about that stuff but we also talk a lot about spirituality about psychedelics about the meaning of life and love I love talking to Misho Shakur he's one of my favorite people to talk to on earth and I'm really really glad that we had this opportunity to speak to each other so you guys let's listen in on our conversation with Misho Shakur I was just like, I know. I was like, I know, I know that Misha and I would have a really good conversation, uh. But I'm gonna wait on it, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this out. So I, I fought for you. I fought. I, I went. I commented on Instagram, and I was like this is worth the fight
1: it's worth the journey I was so flattered I'm like oh in the middle of my incompetence she's like really seeking out this uh, like oh wow okay some people are just worth it man you I know, know. So, some people you. are worth it I know I, you hear like you hear about comics like oh we had to get them to the show it's like oh some comics don't want to go like, like... no man you you're worth I, it I really appreciate you thank of you of course of
0: course. Um, your, uh, headphones are kind of tapping on your mic, just FYI. Yeah. So just
1: let me make sure I have the, uh, yes, uh, better, better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just that, uh, the, the mic, like whenever the mic gets touched, it, like it, 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 I could hear it. So that's, but it's all good. Um, Yeah, uh, I was in New York actually um, Earlier this Well, actually one month ago I was there from September 1st To the 8th mm-hmm. um, And I was hoping to run into you at a mic But like our paths just didn't
1: I they know
0: Didn't cross this
1: time <laughs> Oh, I, I'm I'm glad I'm uh, my bad. I missed you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, it's funny when when even when you're in the same city, you're like I'll run into this person exactly or something, and yeah. then you don't see him for a year. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I know. God didn't want us to meet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know we had to, we had to, we had to. I had to make it work on my own. You know, it was yeah. still God though. It was still my my inner God being like, Grace, you can do this. You can navigate it and figure it out. <laughs> but um, I was just like, yeah. I was like, I'm in New York. I know I'm gonna run into him, but I just it didn't end up happening.
1: Yeah, and, um, I think it would also been like, so, dude, you're ducking my Instagram. Like, it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah.
0: fuck is that shit about, yeah. huh? <laughs> you got a problem, huh? <laughs> Yeah. No, it it's fine. Um, you know who I did talk to though was uh Dan Frank.
1: Dan Frank, hell yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love Dan Frank. Um, such a nice guy, so funny, right? Yes. And just like another one of those genuine spirits, you know. For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And he loves you too. We were both talking about you and how much we both adore you.
1: Hell yeah. I uh do you mean Ben? Ben, Ben Frank is it is Ben, it ben Frank? Frank? I thought I it was Dan so. Frank. Hmm. Uh, I was it like, <laughs> I think it's Frank. Yeah, Ben from uh, who's? He was like uh, performing no. in China a bunch. Is that Ben? No, that's not Dan him. Dan Frank. It,
0: it's his name, Dan Frank. Who's Dan Frank? He's Dude. like he's like
1: Jewish and oh white. Dan Frank. Oh <laughs> fuck me! I should have uh, googled uh, his name before I I got the name wrong. God bless all right i guess i'm i'm dumb that could have so been easily avoided i'm so stupid
0: who okay. cares okay you're, you're not stupid ben and dan are pretty similar like they sound I, know. I was
1: like oh dan dan frank you know white guys look alike come on they
0: all they're all the uh, same I they're know. all the I same s- person
1: <laughs> dan yes <laughs> how
0: have you been though otherwise like genuinely what like um, how, how are you feeling today
1: Oh, I'm I'm really good. I've uh, I uh, I've been getting my shit together. Honestly, this yeah. since uh, I've been just like really, um, I don't know. Listening to God is that good? I've been at yes, peace. Yeah, fuck yeah, yes. Yeah. I, that's
0: <laughs> beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Perfect answer.
1: Yeah, listening
0: to God. How do you listen to God?
1: Well, I well, he won't shut the fuck up. Really, <laughs> it's if you, <laughs> okay.
0: What's he saying? It's like.
1: I'm trying uh well you know it's like uh, you know you kind of like I see like paths now I'm like all right this goes here this goes here yes and I feel like that uh, vision is got mm-hmm. you know yeah. mm-hmm. it's like uh, um I I'm I'm from Syria you remember I was talking yeah. about myself mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. uh, I remember the the worst thing about it was mm-hmm. that the future was foggy ah You just like, you don't, you, the future has no use in a way. It's like, why Mm -hmm. think about the future? That seems like heartbreak that Mm -hmm. you're carving for yourself. Now, again, uh, it's more like, oh, I can, I can look forward and see, see some light. I like the light. Right. Enjoying the light. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah.
0: Isn't that interesting how like the, like, you know, again, they say this, like when you're about to take a trip, but they're like, you know, setting, right? Setting, Uh who you're with, all of that—it like contributes to the experience. And in our wakeful state, without the substances that help us or enable us, even in our wakeful state, we still have that clarity to know whether or not we're in a foggy place or we're in a place of clarity.
1: Absolutely. I, uh, my camera is here and the screen is here, so if it's uh, it's okay. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, I absolutely know what you mean. It's like uh. Cause it's all about bringing the lessons back. Right. And mm-hmm. having them. Uh, mm-hmm. So I know exactly what you mean of like, mm-hmm. just learning the lesson is the first step. A lot of people learn the lesson and they kind of like stop. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you're like, no, the application is the, the, the what you got to do. It's like, uh, it's like that you say awareness doesn't solve the problem. You still got to solve the problem.
0: You got to do it. You got to do the work. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah, put yeah. it
0: into action. Is there a lesson that came to you recently that you're trying to work on applying at the moment?
1: Um uh, the most one that came to me right away when you asked was maybe trusting people. Uh. <laughs> uh, it's like cuz you know you bring what you put out, right? So if you're looking out for betrayal, I think you uh you just attract betrayal. Mm. So just believing in that someone is has like you know good in them and, and like oh maybe not everyone is evil and stuff yeah. like that yeah. it's been it's been good yeah
0: i'm so glad we're talking misha i'm so glad
1: <laughs> i know we had like two three like i'm like these are great conversations i can just talk to talk to this lady
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's because uh, i feel similarly right now um actually when i saw you back in may i was not in the greatest place. I was in the, the pushing phase, like gotcha. the God, like God and the universe was pushing me. And it was pushing me out of my negative thinking, you know, like, we all have the helicopter in our minds, like, for instance, you say the, the lack of trust thing, or expecting betrayal, expecting backstabbing, right. Um, and at the time, my thing was, you've done everything wrong in your life every step you ever took led to this moment of massive failure. And I was like, fuck, you know? And then, I, and then I was just like, you know what? This intensely negative voice is super loud right now because things are actually going in the right direction. So I'll just take that as a sign that I'm doing the right thing. The right thing as in I'm taking the courageous path, mm-hmm. the brave path, the one that requires risk and self-belief, self-trust and trust in others. And that's why the negative thinking is so fucking loud because it's terrified. The ego is terrified. Right. And as soon as I figured out how to code switch that the the positive voices got louder. And then the tools for how to enhance the positive exactly. voices came to me very quickly.
1: It's like a skill you learn. You get better at it, right? Yes. And like yes. you said, fear is a great compass. When you find yeah. that out, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the, it's just the thing I'm most afraid of. Yeah. Fear is I a great compass. Do. What yeah. a
0: beautiful phrase. Fear is a great <laughs> compass. Fucking tattoo it on everybody's foreheads. <laughs> it's like
1: yes. in those, inside of my eyelids. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah.
0: my God. I know. Seriously, that is so true. Like people take fear as just fear and mm-hmm. they're like oh my god this is fear and i'm terrified of it uh, but it's nothing to be afraid of it's just one thing it's just another mm-hmm. aspect of life it's one emotion and there's there's the big the god part of us the bigger part of us that is like i can deal with that you know yes. um in july actually that was my big uh, lsd meditation in july i was like i was taking acid and i said my intention was how do i become fearless yeah that was yeah. the question i put in and the answer was very simple it was just be brave <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know i know it's the best that's the best <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I love it. It's, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It it said everything.
0: It said everything. So what I was doing was it said when I'm on LSD, I usually color a lot and I draw Mm -hmm. and I kept drawing a dinosaur and the dinosaur kept saying, be brave. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this is my, my acid dinosaur spirit animal. And you know and it's hilarious and it's like cute Absolutely. and it's lovable and everybody loves dinosaurs like who <laughs> doesn't love a dinosaur and well, if a no dinosaur one has ever
1: met one and like <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh I, we, you know chickens and alligators i guess <laughs>
0: <laughs> which were also dinosaurs at one point yeah, in their yeah. lives Sorry. yeah that's so true. Yeah, nobody's met one before. So anybody can imagine their own dinosaur however they exactly. fucking please.
1: Exactly. So beautiful.
0: <laughs> oh my epic. Epic. <laughs> so I, good. I,
1: someone told me I uh give off elephant vibe. I'm like, they're like, you're like an elephant. I'm like, I love that. I love that.
0: Dude, you know what my spirit animal is? It's an elephant.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: My favorite animal in the world is an elephant. Because this is what I heard about it. I, I, I kind of agree. You do have the elephant vibe around you. You got the elephant spirit around you. Um, elephants, they have like a massive brain, right? And I think elephants have other sets of emotions that human beings and other creatures don't have. I think that's why they say elephants have a, like a good memory,
1: like they remember yes, everything.
0: Yes. yes. I, think, I think they have more depth because their brains are so massive. What do you think of that?
1: Oh, well, I, I heard the memory thing always, and I was like, oh, they like. But they're like so massive and they they like, can't be bothered. Like, I, I, would, I would I would hold a grudge, but I, you know, walking takes fifty years. So <laughs> I don't have time, really. I remember, though. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I'm gathering uh, small uh, animal companions. Like, hey, watch out for any mice. I'm good <laughs> with anything other than mice. Mice will get me. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like when i um when I saw the live did you see the live uh action film of Dumbo
1: Mm-mm.
0: so uh i think um Tim Burton directed it, so I saw <clears throat> excuse me, I saw Dumbo the Disney film when I was younger, and that movie scared the shit out of me. I don't know yes. if you've seen
1: right I, that's why i was like i'm not trying to touch any any of that like i was like i saw it once traumatizing as fuck i'm like okay. it's so scary it was so
0: scary i was terrified but then i saw the live action timber inversion and there was a scene it's a very psychedelic scene actually when dumbo is like he's scared and he's like, you know, very shy, and he's looking at the circus happening, like the spectacle of the circus. And he sees like balloon, like uh, what do you call it? bubbles? Like bubbles in the shapes of animals and stuff. And he's like scared, but he's marveling at these, at the spectacle. And I could see him kind of like detaching from his fear and just projecting outward and taking in the beauty, but. He, but his fear hasn't fully gone away. There's still some fear in his eyes. And it was just such a complicated, like, image. And I don't know why, but I felt so emotional, like, watching that scene. Like, I was like... I mean, it's not a sad scene, but I was, like, crying in the movie theater. <laughs>
1: I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. Yeah. Where it's like... um I mean, you can find, that's also something you get on psychedelics. I, I get is like literally everything is a lesson. Like you can find yourself, you can find meaning of the world in a table. Like, oh, the, the wood came together and, and all those hours of something and someone, oh, the, the miracle of human wonder. You can put meaning on literally anything. You yeah. know so when something like that it's like uh, it, it makes perfect sense to put uh, all the meaning on it where you're like oh it's like you you the animals are different you know what i mean you can put yeah. that and it's it's like a the place to do it i think
0: yeah Let me ask you, like, do you ever feel like that psychedelic lesson, even after you're done with the trip, does it kind of continue on into your wakeful state or in your dream state? And do you continue to get those lessons like coming at you like continuously?
1: Well, well, it depends. Right. Like some lessons better than others. And also uh, when I'm on acid, um, I, I can see that it's a path. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's steps. They happen faster mm-hmm. because I'm on acid, but it's not like a jump. It's not an elevator. It's a logical steps to, uh, let's call it enlightenment, for, better the, the, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not without, like, it's within reach. All mm-hmm. I need is to convince myself of it. Yeah. So while when I come back, certain parts of the argument might not mm-hmm. be as clear, Mm-hmm. Uh, if I know the end and the beginning and I, I when I you try to fill in the blanks as best you can, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 You know, um, I was very like on the fence about like, you know, let's call, let's call them for, for a lack of better word in this case, let's call them huh. aliens. Right. I was right. 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 On the fence about this. Um, and before psychedelics, I was just like, no they're like not even real also who cares like they're not they're irrelevant to right, my right, life right. on earth it, it felt that way but after talking to you and your DMT experience i was like <laughs> i am fully convinced like it didn't take documentaries it didn't take physicists or you know it didn't take any of that shit it took you <laughs> Telling me your candid ass DMT trip stories. Can you? <laughs> can you? First can of you all, share it? Yeah.
1: We were talking about like having conversations. I talked to you like three times, and it was so easy and seamless. You know what I mean? Like the the seamless. the very yes. few conversations, and also any. Most people, you start bringing up life and DMT and the meaning of it all. They walk away. You know Their what I mean. Eyes glaze so over.
0: Yeah. So God bless
1: it. you for being open to to hearing. It was fascinating. Uh, I,
0: I was fully absorbed. It was it was just as much of a pleasant conversation for me as it was for you. I'll tell you that, that right is now.
1: So yeah. funny. It's it's yeah. just interesting. The 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 thing I go in my head. I'm like, ah, I took. Uh, I'm like, I wonder if I w- that was too imposing or too. No. Like okay, fantastic. I'm um, no. so thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the DMT. I mean, so I did it twice. Yeah. Um, And I had done acid before, and acid was such a big like moment for me. Uh, doing mm-hmm. it for the first, I was in a bad place. I was. Uh, it was a lot of fog in the in the future. Again, you know what I mean. Mm. Um. So when I did acid, I definitely found uh logical arguments which i needed to for all the stuff loving yourself loving people Mm -hmm. uh being enlightened being free Mm. all the good stuff you know we can do a lot about that so i was always curious so dmt uh always felt like that last thing so the first time i did it Mm um um, i was on my roof i put it uh, in in a weed bowl i put it in between weed and i hit it um Mm -hmm. And I saw the the leaves on my roof start like on the trees go like fast and then Mm. flow down Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: speed back up. So I could immediately the world starts telling you it's not real. Mm. And the way the world can tell you anything is through your senses. So your senses just go, all right, forget about trusting what you see. Forget about trusting what you hear, what you feel. All of that goes away. And I remember this clearly. Uh, I became uh, my body became irrelevant, and I really mm-hmm. use that. Word. It's like irrelevant. It's like worrying mm. about it would be a, a disservice to to life. It was that irrelevant, mm. and I became my idea of myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, whatever you you like you you are when you're going to bed, mm-hmm. that's who you are. Turns out, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. And what I was, was uh, anxious, um, insecure. I still am, of course, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. those were prevalent in my life. I was uh, confused. I was, Mm -hmm. so I saw things that I didn't know why I saw them, but I saw my mother. uh, Mm -hmm. I saw my art Mm -hmm. and I saw a woman I was in love with. Mm -hmm. And I saw all of that as my idea of myself, uh, which again, wasn't the the best. Mm
0: -hmm. And then I
1: flew. After mm-hmm. I saw them in my face, I flew and, mm-hmm. uh, um, and I met uh, the way I describe them are lighthouses with mechanical tentacles. Mm-hmm. And I say lighthouses because I was drawn to them and they looked like lighthouses mm-hmm. And oh. for whatever looking and physical shapes could mean. Because mm-hmm. I was as much my idea of myself as I am me in my hands and my body right now. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what psychedelics give you is that in unarguable uh, state. It's, yes. uh, it's like, I'm sure I am this right now. I right. Am, no doubt. Right. So as my idea of myself, I met this being that was a lighthouse with mechanical tentacles. I mm-hmm. was not afraid of it hurting me in any way. Because the same way my body was irrelevant... I was irrelevant to it. Mm -hmm. It was beyond caring whether or not to hurt me. Mm -hmm. So that gave me a sense of comfort, but I was still my confused idea of myself. So he grabbed me. He grabbed me as, again, and started playing with me like Play-Doh. Like (laughs) he was examining me and stretching me out and compressing me almost to show me, I don't know if he was trying to show me I was irrelevant, he's Mm -hmm. like, this is so easy. He started looking Mm -hmm. me up and down. And he he goes, hey, we got another one to his friend. (laughs) He's like, oh, another one. Throw it here. Let me see. Throws me to him. And I uh, felt my body. This was the only time I felt my body. When he threw me, my body did this. So I felt myself getting thrown. Yeah. And the other guy grabs me again, examines me, the same thing. And he goes, oh, he's not ready. And he goes, yeah, yeah, he's not ready. He'll he'll be ready next time. Th- throw him back. And like part of me was disappointed. I was mm. like, oh, no, I'm not ready. Of course mm. I'm not ready, though. Mm. So in much of I was disappointed that I wasn't ready. I was like, of course, I understand that I'm yeah. not ready. Yes. I, with, with this state of mind, with this idea of myself, mm-hmm. no shit, I'm not ready. <laughs> So I went down, saw my friend again, who who ha- also had d- done it earlier that day. I he had his own experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, and I just kept walking with that, with uh, with with what I saw. It was not a lot of people tell me it was haunting them. A lot of people have. Mm-hmm. I think I had a somewhat of a, a psychedelic journey that I understood what the lessons are, and I knew how to take them in certain ways. Yes. You know, to to be again more concerned uh, with uh, getting myself ready than disappointed that I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's like it's like you said, it's uh, the 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 fear is there. You know what I mean? The all the stuff is there. It's just you gotta know how to deal with them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like for this is really quick. I had a friend who uh, who had a really bad trip on acid and met a lot of demons. Mm and uh, went through that. And then he told me, Oh, I, I talked to my friend. And he was like, wait, you met your demons and you didn't hug them. You didn't, <sighs> they're your demons become They're your. Be, you could, you could be friendly with them. You can talk to them, see what they want. They're part of you. Uh, why don't you not love them? You're afraid mm-hmm. of your demons mm. and that right. Exactly. It's Beautiful like, answer. It's always, it's there's always a way to look at it. That's yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's when you're not trapped in in whatever ego, right? I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the second time I did it, it was uh, because yes. that had a, been a period of time, and I told everyone about it and stuff like that. Um, so, it's such a good story. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's the most spiritual thing I've done, if you like, want to call it that. It's like, yeah it's the, whatever you think the origin of life is or where we go when we dead we're mm-hmm, dead mm-hmm. um i think that's like the big the big stuff that's yes. the, that's the meat so yes uh i walked around with that and i you know kept doing comedy kept living my life it was all good and uh it's funny because the second time i w- was not planned at all like the mm-hmm. first like the first time my not planned visited- by you not planned by me. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I had done mushrooms that day, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm, I was like, I'm a big fan. Yeah. yeah. like, <laughs> like yeah. In Microdosing, all of it. Uh, yeah. Big fan yeah. of it. The, the, yes. I, I think of it as medicine. Is has helped yeah. me so undeniably get over PTSD and, and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. That I, I prescribe it. Mm-hmm. on on my experience mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i i had a great mushroom trip with a friend um i had a great idea of myself it was a great trip where it was kind of it was kind of like this <laughs> kind of like talking that's why yeah. talking to you is so easy you're open yeah. and when you're on yeah. mushrooms you're open right
0: yeah and i've done it right i've yes. seen it so i understand so you know the
1: lessons yeah yeah yeah, yeah so it's like uh like just like you said the lessons that stay i bet one of the lessons was stay open to it you know what i mean Mm. like that's how it goes Mm -hmm. so i i did mushrooms with a friend had a great trip and then went and did stand up which Mm -hmm. is great on mushrooms Mm -hmm. uh i i've had some of like the worst and like the best like i'll bet you know yeah uh so i did i did when did stand up great night had a great trip did stand up hung out with some friends after smoked some weed and then came back to my place with a friend and did dmt
0: yeah
1: just unplanned like mm-hmm. again the universe uh, came through my friend to tell me to do dmt and yep. uh, thank god i was there yes um, I even was in the bathroom googling do you die if you do dmc <laughs> 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 and all the comments was like hey man you don't die but hold on <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was excited I was willing to do it honestly because uh, because of the idea of myself thing I'm like right now i uh, I have a I like myself mm-hmm. uh, I want to do it and I had a beard, too, which uh, comes into play <laughs> later. <laughs> so um, I'm with my friend. Uh, she sits on the bed. She does DMT. I babysit her, uh, walk her through it, uh, and then it's my turn. I get on the bed um, and uh, uh, I, I do it and it's more DMT than first time. Um, hmm. I know that I have to keep it in longer hmm. and hit it harder. Okay. Uh, and I inst- uh, tell her to do that, to make sure I do that because I that's the same. That's what you got to do when you're doing it with someone. You got to make sure even when they physically don't, like, feel like they can, you kind of have to, like, no, no, take one more hit until you literally can't move right. kind of thing. Right. So hit it, Oof, like, really hit it. and uh, And honestly, like, it goes into your lungs. And as it's coming out, you feel it through your Mm. body and things start humming and things start making sound. And the first time I did this happened too, but you ever have one of those TVs that you have to get up to change the channel when you were a kid. Uh It was like that. It was, that was what the world was. It was a bunch of little TVs and they all together go like they pull you. So it was, uh, it was that I, I hit it and i'm on my bed and i start seeing the same things i saw in a way the first time but now i know why i'm seeing them i see my mom and i'm like and it's and then there's this cosmic pressure telling me that life this world doesn't matter yeah it is this cosmic force like i literally can't get off the bed because it's so powerful going this life doesn't matter. And I go, I and then I accept it. And I accept it through my breathing. So the whole it started with pressure. And I go as my answer to the pressure. Which, if you think about it, it's death. It's the force telling you to accept death. And breathing is the first step of life. So yeah. Your counter to that is—it makes sense, you know. Yeah, it does. It does. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so it goes, and it starts showing me all the things I care about in life, all the mm-hmm. things I think are worthwhile, are worth being in this world for. Mm-hmm. Shows me my family, my mm-hmm. mother, mm-hmm. Uh, my my uh, my arts, my mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. my uh, the my you know my ego, you know. Yeah. And then when it gets to my ego, uh, it goes, "You're you don't matter. Your mm. dick doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like just cosmic mm-hmm. pressure." Yep. I remember that very clearly. All the stuff that are really—it's the root chakra, right? So everything yeah. keeping you in life was getting, was was being, cosmically pushed out of me. Yeah. And instead of one lighthouse. With mechanical tentacles it was like a hundred and they were in my face and they were red last time they were bluish color wow okay this time they were red because when i took the dmt like you were saying you took you take it with a purpose right
0: mm-hmm. i was Intention. like i'm
1: gonna find out exactly what it's about mm-hmm. what is it all about that's the that's the the most simplified answer i could a uh, question i could think of to go okay. in with mm. so i go so again cosmic pressure you don't matter <sighs> and after back and forth i go and this is maybe the single most proudest moment i've of, of anything i've ever done yeah. i stood strong in mm. their face yeah. they were like death and i was like then take me that mm. De- death then give me death mm. i and Immediately, Mm -hmm. everything became calm. Mm -hmm. The second I accepted death, Mm. everything became calm. They calmed the fuck down. No more pressure. Um, I was (sighs) so in the moment, it it made me understand why I like metal music. (laughs) (laughs) Because in the middle of everything I've been through with metal being the perfect background music for me. In that moment, I was like, "No, death. Well, I'm metal. I give me that I I think of it. Uh, who I was at that moment could be like the leader of a biker gang. You know what I mean? I could. Uh, yeah. You know alpha ness. I mean? Alpha. Yeah. yeah. It really got me in touch with that of of because mm. uh, metal has always been a positive aggression. Yeah. It's your aggression is not evil. It's, it's you like can, a
0: warrior kind of
1: aggression. Yes. Absolutely. A heroic aggression. Yes. It's like, and this is not related to the DMT, but it's like accepting the burden. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like you want the responsibility. Be, absolutely. You, you yeah. think you have power, accept it's a burden to it's have power. It's a huge burden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to have that. So, metal accepted death. They immediately calmed down the most pressure I ever felt communicating with my breath, shaking on the bed and I go, I accept death and it was calmness. Mm. My eyes were closed and they go, well, what do you want? Yeah. And I go, I want to know. I want to know. Tell me what it's about. I want to know. And they go, well, here's the knowledge. Let's see what you do with it. Right. And I open my eyes and I'm the cover of a tool album. <laughs> I don't know if you it's I open my eyes, and the world is golden, yeah and there's eyes and portals everywhere. yeah. And I remember this clear. Mm-hmm. I was laying on my bed and I looked around again, enlightened. I could see that the, the eyes were perspectives that I have allowed into my life. Mhm. And I could see through them if I chose to because I allowed them. And the portals were also different worlds that I have been open to, that I can go in and out of if I choose to in this state. And I observed, I was on the edge of my bed and the universe was was there. And I remember this very clearly. I was like, okay, time to figure it all out. And I remember this clearly. I was laying down and I take my knee, like I take my leg and I put my my, I sit like this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that, very clearly I remember it, is yeah. because I always thought I se- I looked cool. Yeah. That's a badass like pose. That's
0: yeah. a badass pose. It's so a boss. If I'm pose. gonna
1: figure out the meaning of everything, might as well mm. look cool
0: Fuck yes. doing
1: it. And in a way, that gave me the momentum because I I was like, oh, so I'm going to do this as me. This is my version. This is my take on everything. And I sat there um, having thoughts and having the universe light up with my thoughts. and And I was translating them into this realm as humming. So I was on the edge of my bed sitting like this going... Mhm the universe would go mhm and i would go mhm and i would make the world laugh yeah everything every little molecule around me was laughing at my thoughts and it was bliss and it was the most fun i have ever had and in the middle of it i was like all right this is fun wait a minute so even when i'm enlightened and this happens on acid and I when and I laugh and I'm like, even I'm like when you take every bu- all the bullshit out, all the no. greed, all the ego, all the it fun still there. Always laughter is still there. Greed is in here. Envy is in here. Fun and laughter are the whole point of this, honestly is yes. that the second i stopped taking life seriously everything was perfect yeah and i was like this is what yeah. i feel my this is what i got this is yeah. so life is about fun yeah and i kept thinking and having fun and laughing and i could feel the 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 thing go away i could feel it cuz it's a gradual step going down you you yeah. know and i'm like i could see thoughts not the most enlightened creeping in, yeah, and I would <clears throat> breathe them out, mm. I literally go and would and I imagine the bad thoughts go out with the exhale and it, and they would be gone, and I would have more fun, they would come back, and I was like, yeah. so this is the meaning of life is breathe, think, and have fun, yeah and i and I was, I rejoiced. I was uh, so happy. It was the best news. You know, they call them like, you know, the scripture, the, 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 the good, good, have news. you heard the good word? Yeah. The good
0: news. Yeah.
1: Have you heard the good news? Apparently laughter is what it's all about.
0: That's what it's about.
1: Yeah. And I uh, and I thought about this because I was like how am I gonna end this because I have a trouble even on stage closing I'm not ah. yeah, I'm like I I, I have uh, sides of me that uh, hang on to the moment too greedily yeah so I was like I need to work that out through this experience so I was like right. no I'm gonna wait for the right moment I'm gonna know uh-huh. where I'm like I'm um, I got it and I'm gonna choose to end this and choose that to be content and grateful for this. So that's why I kept playing until I felt, all right, time to watch the office.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you yeah. for, um, telling that story again. Cause I remember you uh, sharing mm-hmm. this with me. We were in Queens in Astoria at mm-hmm. that bar and you know, we're sitting outside. I think you were smoking a spliff. And there were two other comics at the table with us, but you and I were in another world. Yeah. And those guys were like looking at each other like, what? <laughs> and I was just like, they're, they don't get it. Like, they're not a part of this trip right now. I know. And I remember loving your story. I was like, this is such a good story. And I learned like a lot from your story. And there were some parallels to... Uh, visions that I've had. I don't know if you're a vivid dreamer. Like, are you able to remember your dreams?
1: I am uh, not. I think it's, I smoke so much weed, I think. Yeah, Um, the weed
0: weed does uh, prevent that. That's why I actually, I stopped smoking weed a month ago so that I could recall my dreams again. That's dream... why I
1: can't uh, relate to Martin Luther King. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I can't dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but for me, uh, dreams have always been a big, big part of my life. So uh, that's why I was like, if this is important to me, then I have to... I have to do what I can to support it. So that's why I gave up weed. That was very difficult, but I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were telling me about the television, like the everything had television screens. Um, this was years ago. I think I was in, I was like in my early twenties. I was working at an office. I was very unhappy there. Uh, and in my dream, I was in North Korea. And uh, it was a film festival. And it was like, in a really weird, like it looked like a, like a community recreational, like lobby, uh-huh. very depressing looking. And there were these round tables with like pink tablecloths over them. There were maybe three tables. There were maybe twelve people at the film festival. Okay. <laughs> 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 Kim, Kim Jong Kim Jong Un was there. He's sitting there. It might have been Kim Jong-il, actually. Anyway, one of them was there. It might have been Kim (laughs) Jong-il. One of them was there. One of the dictators were there. He was sitting there. And uh, we look up. And suddenly, there's no uh, roof. It's just the night sky. And fireworks start going off. But the fireworks would burst out, and they would be television screens. The shapes of them would be television screens. And I was like... Wow, North Korea is so cool, you know, (laughs) and, you know, I I don't know if you remember this, but I have a I just finished my Ph.D. in film and television studies at UCLA, and my dissertation is on television. It's on it's on Korean television. And in it, I examine masculinity. Uh, I'm, the texts that I'm looking at are comedy variety shows, so I'm looking at masculinity and queerness and nationalism. That those are the things that I'm looking at. So I was like, "Oh, it's so fascinating to him, to me that you know he saw television screens, because I was wondering like, what is a television? Why do we call it television?
1: <laughs>
0: you know, we have this word telepathy when right. we can access one another's minds without words, without touching or communicating or being near one another so tele having distance but being able to connect and it's a vision you all see the same thing and television is now globalized like we all as a globe we see everything you know but perspectives vary right we're all watching Mm -hmm. the same fucking thing like we see the same fucking movie jaws but people have different opinions about it right it's like the same thing. So like, I don't know, this vision that you had with the televisions and then later with the portals, the eyes and everything, like an eye is a television, right? Mm-hmm. A portal is a, a, television is a portal and a portal is a television. It's like visions and perspectives are things that we can choose to see. Like if they describe it, we could choose to see what they see, but ultimately we're, we're not going to see exactly what they see. Everybody's stance and angle is different, right? And so it's not going to be 100 percent that, but that's still awesome because there's a variety, you know, and we could talk about that. It's like, oh, you're saying you see that I see this, you know, right, it's right. Like, oh, I do kind of see that now. And in that way, we're kind of expanding one another's visions, you Absolutely. know, and there's some there's some massive beauty to that. I love that. For yeah.
1: sure. Yeah, you are the sum of your influences and like uh, what every little bit like helps, really. Yeah. It does. Everyone has a little bit of the answers. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, I, um, <clears throat> I wanted to do this. <clears throat> Sorry. Can I want to do this
1: on, on this. Oh, I don't no, have of to. course.
0: No, of course. Huh? Please, okay, okay. please, by all means. I wanted to do this for a really long time, but I wasn't able to, and I was finally able to do it last week, I think on Wednesday. And, uh, I took an eighth of albino mushrooms uh-huh. And I took it to the beach and uh, I was walking. Actually, I have to go back. Let me first tell you this. Yeah. Uh, I had this dream. Did I tell you this? I had a dream about like a hotel. Well, whatever. You smoke a lot of pot. You probably forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> I had this dream that uh, I was at a hotel. I was at a hotel with my friend, Sam, and we were looking out of my hotel room and we saw another hotel facing us. And the hotel that was facing us, was pink and green and it looked like like las Vegasy, gaudy like the architecture was ridiculously too much and i said to sam i was like that's a very tacky looking hotel and he was like what's so tacky about it and i said oh um i have to be specific now so i was like uh well look at the way that window is dressed with the plant and i wanted to describe the specificities of it but as soon as before i could even say it the hotel would physically like morph in front of me. And the description I wanted to say changed. So whatever judgment and criticism I wanted to make was moot, gone. And uh, I was standing there speechless and I was like, okay, like, I understand, I understand. The lesson was any art, any creation is beautiful because it's an expression and it takes bravery what right do you have to talk shit? And I was like, all right, that's okay, that's big. Okay, thank you. And then Sam was like, come upstairs with me, come upstairs with me. And I was like, I can't, I gotta go. And he's like, no, 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 just, it's gonna take a second. Come upstairs with me. I go upstairs with him. And there were all these squatters. I don't know who they are, but they're like sitting there. They look like burnouts and they're just sitting around. And it was very dirty. There was like like building crumbs everywhere. And there was this big piece of like yellow foam like some insulator or something. And uh it had shit all over it. It was like shit stained. And I looked at it and I felt embarrassed and ashamed. And Sam takes the phone and goes, well, Don't worry about this. This isn't you. Like, why do you don't worry about this? And I was like, Okay, thank you. Thanks. And that was the end of the dream. And I texted Sam a couple days later, I was like, this is the dream I had with you. And he he was like, like, I'm glad I I was able to be there with you, which is very sweet of him to say. But the dream of that, of me judging art, right, no matter how tacky it is, pink and green, Mm -hmm. that I keep seeing that in my wakeful state. So shortly after that dream i was in portland i was on the road to do shows i was in portland and i was at an airbnb and i'm sitting at the dining table eating and i turned to my right and there's a painting and i was looking at it like i was looking at a window and i was like what a tacky painting and the colors of the painting were pink and green and when i realized that i was like "Oh, grace the dream told you the lesson didn't it and here you are this is your wakeful state that's that's number two that's let." it's a reinforcement of the first lesson. I was like, okay, all right, thank you. (laughs) And then recently I was in DC on the road again at an Airbnb and I was like looking at all the, you know, they have artwork up and I'm like looking at this one artwork. It was like a Pashmina. They took a Pashmina and they like framed it. And I was like, I don't know about that. And the Pashmina was pink and green. I was like, okay, okay, thank you, thanks. You know?
1: I got it. Yeah.
0: I got it. And then I I come back to my place and I'm sitting on my couch and I'm like, you know, doing my thing and I look up directly ahead of me and I have a painting that I painted last, <laughs> year. last year. Last year. And the background is magenta pink and it has a green mountain and there's a little orange dinosaur in there. And I'm like, oh my God, I was talking shit about myself this whole time (laughs) and projecting it outwards and thinking I'm talking shit about other people. It's got to do with me. It's me that I'm judging. And it's like, again, I already got this lesson many times before. My big thing is judgment and criticism. It's so heavy in my head. Mm -hmm. This authority voice saying, just judging the shit out of, everybody when it's actually all me i'm judging me i'm hard on myself right yes. And when you're talking about the alpha thing in this sort of like sort of this how do i say it? like sort of uh glorious sort of mag like i want to say magnetic or like mag it's like that's magnitude to this epic, alpha like,
1: yeah, epic
0: yeah, yeah. sort of um like awe, like awe inspiring kind of alpha figure that you're describing. And, you know, I have that drill sergeant in me who's yelling and screaming at me all the time. And with Mm -hmm. alongside that drill sergeant, I have this little girl, this little Mm -hmm. kid. And all she likes to do is one thing she just likes to play. Not giving a fuck about time, or pressures or responsibilities or deadlines she just wants to play she likes to go outside dig around in the dirt (laughs) you know and my therapist said to me she's like when you are able to take those two archetypes in you and fold them together she's like that's when the healing happens that's when the healing of your traumas happen because you need both you know you need the inner child." The inner mm-hmm. child being the inner being, the mm-hmm. uh, untouchable, impenetrable, the God you, you mm-hmm. need that. The drill sergeant part of you is, is technically the ego. It's your defense mechanisms. It's the person who protects you mm-hmm. and you got to learn to let them coexist. Right. Cause the ego isn't again, it's like hugging those demons. It's not to be hated. It's not to right. kill. It's to, recognize and acknowledge mm. right like when uh our ego gets slated all the time because we have social media like oh like why didn't they you know like follow me back or right why did they unfollow me it's like the ego is hurt mm-hmm. but it's like that's just the ego the inner being part that yeah. keeps on going no matter what is always there and impenetrable so Absolutely. by focusing on that inner being i'm able to heal my ego or at least die down the vo- dial down the voice of the ego being like what the fuck
1: right well well the ego is why you shower and why you eat and you know what i mean why when you see someone part of you goes i'm worthy of their time yes you know yes. and uh living without any ego it's like ego is is power and a burden yeah if you think I, once i start to think of it thinking of it that way, part, largely from the DMT trip of like, no, this is a responsibility. Yeah. To, to like, <clears throat> not necessarily to not inflict harm, but, but well, you have, it's like, you know, there's a lot of people talk about self-love. Uh, there's a lot of self-simping happening mm, mm. around on social media. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. And, and it's because of kind of like you're saying the, though. um, taking the side of the inner child 100 percent over the authority, which is maybe your parents or whatever mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like recently I was helping my friend move. And uh, I remember when I was a kid, my whenever like anything physical, fixing things around the house, my dad would teach me, but he would yell at me mm. for doing anything wrong mm-hmm. and I could see I'm like, I'm like, I'm I having problems with my friend, like not doing things fast enough. I'm like, I'm my dad. I'm really, yeah, I said something I'm like, sorry, dude, my dad said that to me right now and I said it to you, (laughs) so I apologize. That wasn't even me talking. (laughs) I love that so much to what you're saying. It's like you ever feel embarrassed on behalf of someone? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? It's kind of like you see someone else's shit on something else. I'm like, "Ah, I'm embarrassed for you, for you shitting in public.
0: Our audiences feel that way whenever we bomb on stage. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's like yeah. and the ego makes you go, Hey, maybe I can like you can't live in that. It's you no. gotta accept the the burden of occupying someone's imagination for ten mm-hmm. minutes. That responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's like um, everyone wants to be a king. Uh king being it's a power, it's responsible you're yeah. You have the world on your shoulders. Yes, it's not just the cast. You know what I mean. So, yeah. I think uh, what you're saying, reconciling the two, uh, makes you go, "Yeah, I, I will accept. I will seek this with the righteousness." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and righteousness is is a word that I, I like throw around a lot in my head. You know, it's like, mm. are you doing this for the right reasons? Are you
0: are you mm. doing this
1: right? Mm. You know? It's like that's been like a good compass as well. You know
0: and the righteousness and the right coming from the inner being not the ego voice
1: well like you said reconciliation right Uh because the the reason to leave the house is ego immediately i feel like the second the doctor slapped you and you started crying yeah you know what i mean that's ego it's like attention mm, yeah. yeah 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 so it's like now um it's the same. It's like when you're in someone's life, when you're like, when you're doing a set is like a, it's like a, a, a conduce. It's like, it's like a, a version, a, a very heightened version of, of the time with you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, uh, again, the ego is useful. Ego is a tool. You should, and the demons are yourself feeling upset, f- feeling demonified by your trauma. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the like, shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's all the times you were told pink and green look really bad on you or something, mm-hmm. and you internalize it. And you're like, mm-hmm. I hate pink and green now because otherwise yeah. the world hurts too much. You can take that, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, the world hurts too much. It's so funny. <laughs> that is so good. It's like, yeah. I, like, why are you judging everybody? It's like because the world hurts too much. <laughs> that is so good.
1: Yeah. To and, uh. uh yeah. Bring
0: it to bring it. Um, I guess closer to. It's not a full circle yet because it's keep. Uh-huh. You know, I'm still alive, but you know, to bring <laughs> it, right to continue on with the shape though. When I went to the beach and I took the mushrooms, mm-hmm. I was you know the beach is very big and I was like looking for the right spot, and I tend to look for isolated places because mm-hmm. I wanted to be alone. I, I enjoy alone time. It's a very like sacred time for me. And I'm walking, 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 and I see uh grass. Like, and I'm like, oh shit, it's grass. Like I want to be near the grass. Like it's by the beach and I get the grass. Like that's awesome. And I go and I I stop thinking about the grass. I set up everything and I'm on my mushrooms and I'm tripping and it's like, everything's beautiful. And it's like a lot, you know, it's intense. The colors at the beach are intense. And then I turn around and I look at the grass and it's not grass. It's uh, a type of succulent and it's green and it's pink. And I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at this at this beach carpet of succulents and they're so beautiful and they're like right in my fucking face like my head was right there and I was like whoa this is a lot you know this is a <laughs> lot right but it was awesome and when I was there my intention there was how do I forgive that was the mm. question mm. I was like how do I forgive what and a I great asked-
1: little uh, sign from the universe to remind you of that right the little yeah uh,
0: you're right yeah, i yeah. didn't even i didn't even think of it that way but you're right
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: it's like you can forgive in the exact same way
1: <laughs> you learn and- it's all a skill it's like oh yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: that's good insight thank you for that thank you oh, for, for that.
1: sure i had a friend who was telling me about a psychedelic experience she had and she was like uh, i saw a lot of cockroaches
0: Whoa. Uh, that
1: weren't there
0: Whoa. And she goes
1: now. Sometimes I see cockroaches that aren't there, but she tells me, "Yeah, but now I know that that means that there's something that yes. I need to take care there's of. There's Something
0: off. There's something you off. Know what,
1: yeah. So God bless mm. her for interpreting something like that oh, in it's such so a beautiful way. Right. Good.
0: It's so good. Yeah. And I 100% agree with you when you said that the the universe and God just wants you to laugh, because when I was on when I was on my uh you know. On the beach doing this thing with the forgiveness thing, um, I was like, How do I forgive? And the answer was, What is there to forgive? Yeah. Is there such a thing as wrong? Well, Even if somebody punched you in the face and said, Grace, I fucking hate you. You suck. You're the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. It's not personal. <laughs> it's all about them. Yes. Got nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And If that is the case, what is there to forgive? And I started remembering Mm -hmm. all, like, you know, former bosses. I started thinking about ex boyfriends. I started thinking about friends, my sibling. I was thinking about all these people. And I was just like, yeah, what is there to forgive? Like, it was just like, you know, their story and you know why they do what they do. And if you're Mm -hmm. aware of that, and if, and when they wrong you, is there anything to forgive? There isn't.
1: And, well, and then,
0: yeah, and, and I was just like, well, all right then, okay, fine. And then, you know, it was just like, God, you know, the universal God created everything just so that God can laugh. God likes laughing. Everything's hilarious to God. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, I was like, when people, when people set out to work and collaborate with somebody, and that other person says, I can't collaborate with you. It's not personal. It's just because that vision doesn't fit their vision and they just mm-hmm. want to go do their other thing. And if and when people do create, there's a lot of tension and friction and it takes a lot of effort to bring things together, right? To create something.
1: Sure, sure, sure.
0: It's difficult like that. It's challenging like that because it's funny to God.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's
0: absolutely absurd that these two pressures are forcing themselves to align so that they can make something beautiful which is
1: impo- like almost impossible and yet impossible. we still make it work. We
0: do it all the time. We yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. do it all the time. It's like mm-hmm. I know this person's not right for me. Why am I like attracted to them or I hate this fucking person because x y z but I need this person because they fit the other pieces and I got to make it work. And we do it all the time and in that what requires what's required is forgiveness all the Mm -hmm. time, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. I and it's not even forgiveness. I was like redefining what forgiveness was for me because I thought forgiveness was the social construct that they kept saying, well, this is how you forgive. And I'm like, none of that makes sense. And that's why it was so hard. And then I realized forgiveness is all it is, is just acceptance of who they are and letting them be who they are and knowing who and what they are and also allowing myself to be forgiven by them, right? Mm -hmm to allow myself to be known Mm -hmm. and and that's how we work and that's how we create and that's absurd and it's fucking funny and i was like okay and what else what else i was like i'm gonna remember all the times that people were god meaning even the worst fucking individual i ever met they there were moments when they said something fucking profound and i was like whoa that's god and i was like if i only remember the times they were god and i forget the other shit then what is there to forgive right so I was like, okay, then this is all absurd and funny. I was like, yeah, God likes to laugh. Mm-hmm. And uh, if and when I walk away, because I had to ask myself that, I was like, why did I leave him? You know, I was thinking about this ex-boyfriend of mine who I realized I'm starting to like be more like. He was a lot older than me at the time. And I was mm-hmm. like, why did I leave him? And the answer was because I stopped laughing. And I was like, there's only God in laughter When things are good and fun and when shit is dark and heavy and there's zero light and there's no purpose for that dark and heaviness, then there is no God. Even when there's sadness and dark and heaviness and anguish and there is still process and there's meaning and there's the effort that we accept it as a challenge and we're fearless in it, then God is still there, right? Uh So I was just like, all right, this is dope. I get it. And I had a fucking blast at the beach. Thanks for <laughs> Kinda, listening to that. It was long, but
1: oh, thanks. that was so good. The I stopped laughing. That hit hard. I, yeah, I, I gotta tell you, I oh, I just I just stopped laughing. That I stopped profound. laughing.
0: That's why I had to leave.
1: I uh, I completely get that. I, um, I one thing I got from tripping a lot, uh, the joke of life. Like really, if you if you really want to sum it down, and yeah. this is gets to what I got was life doesn't have to matter. It might, but it doesn't have to. And as much of that, I think you get the funnier you are, or the more able you are to laugh at least. Oh yeah. Norm MacDonald, God rest his his soul, said a thing where he's like, uh, if you go up and and, uh, tell a joke and they laugh, it's they laughed. It it worked. But if you bomb, the fact that you were trying to get a laugh and failed is hilarious. It's funny. <laughs> so you're you're good. God is laughing no matter what.
0: No matter what.
1: Yeah. Literally. You, the thing you said about the relationship really hit hard. Cause um, one thing I had to come to realize that was honestly like it is so I had to like it's so obvious, right? But I really had to learn it. Literally doesn't matter if I'm honest if it's not coming from love. Like, I look back on things, I'm like, every statement was true and I believed it and I was revealing the contents of my heart with no filter because I believe that's, you know, I'm like, yeah, but was love first there? Right. So, the formula i kind of got and the the, like for relationships and like in general communication is love then honesty then freedom
0: that's so good and honest you're bringing me so much healing right now because can i share something three years ago this is 2011 yeah three years ago this time like right now october three years ago um i was in a relationship with this guy in berlin and he and I had a thing in LA and he moved back to Berlin and I happened to be in Berlin and we sort of rekindled things and we had a, a great, like, you know, it, it, it didn't last long. It was like a great month, but he like a lot of young men, right. Can't commit. Mm. They let the fear overtake them and they can't accept love and they don't want to give love and they run the fuck away. Right. So it got to that. And, uh, he he and I ended things. We broke up and we broke up one week after my first acid trip. So I was in this place of like no ego and accepting everything. And I didn't really say everything I needed to say. But of course, after we ended things for the next month, I was just in complete misery and hell. And I was just like angry at him. And I had to go to London for a conference and he happened to be in Cambridge. So he met me in London. And um, when I saw him, I was like, I had all this pent up rage and I have to say my piece. So I said all these things to him. Um, And uh, I was just like, you know, when you, when you say things to me, like how you want to be in a commitment, but I'm not the one that you want to be committed to. It's like a very rude thing to say to somebody. Um, And uh, yeah, I was just like that, didn't sit right with me because when you were breaking up with your girlfriend to be with me, you said the same thing to her. And I was just like, wow, that was probably a really hurtful thing to hear when he broke up with her. And now I'm hearing it. And I'm just letting you know that that was fucked up and it was rude of you and you're an asshole. And he was like, do you want me to accommodate your feelings or do you want me to tell you the truth? And I said, what makes you think that your truth? is the truth what makes you think that your truth is so fucking important that my feelings don't matter maybe for once in your life think about my feelings and don't think so much about your truth your so-called truth and he looked at me like blown away
1: yeah um uh, putting something in front of like um see the way i think about it it's like every time you see someone you're giving them the opportunity right it's like i can get swept off my feet by anyone please mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um what i have found is that that again it's not real honesty like uh, like the difference exactly. between truth and honesty is 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 <sighs> Miles actually apart. yeah yeah it's because we're not robots we're not like i i would always say this to to my ex would be like you don't owe anyone or me anything Mm. right because she had a lot of guilt about like what she owed the world and stuff Mm. like that now you know the saying um, love is two people pointing guns at each other daring the other (laughs) not to shoot (laughs) so what uh, i heard i think i think it was seinfeld said he's like every morning i take my gun and my badge i put them on the table and i walk away with my hands out (laughs) I'm mm. like, I'm not trying to shoot anyone. And you're surrendering. Yeah. So that's that's honestly what I've found to be the answer to that kind of stuff. Because then you get to a point where like, hey, you shot me in the leg. Hey, you fired in the air. So what am I gonna do? Not shoot you in the leg? Well, you shot me in the leg. What am I gonna do? Not point the gun right. in your head and shoot? Right. So it, it becomes that, right? Right. So it's like, um we do each owe each other shit. Like that's, that I think would be my point is at the end of the day, uh, it's cool. It's, I, I, maybe it's nice to not think the world owes you anything and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But, um, in the same way, um, uh, I have again, problems with betrayal and stuff. I lost friends during the war and, and, uh, a lot of things. Like I had a traumatic experience with like childhood friends we had right. political differences, and it got right. ugly, mm-hmm. like uh, to a point where I just couldn't. So I have a problem. I mm-hmm. have trusting issues for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, like even that guy, I bet he has a lot of reasons for why he can't commit. Like we all have that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, truth, it, like when you say truth. If it's not love, you are presenting love. When you're with someone, when you're involving yourself in someone's life, Mm -hmm. you are pretending that love is coming first. Mm. So a truth without that is a betrayal. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I reconciled with it, Mm -hmm. where I was like, yeah, you were telling the truth, but you were also no longer in love with her and you just failed to say that. Mm. So your truth in the middle of you trying to it's I always say this, the biggest lies aren't the ones that are 1% truth and 99% lie. The biggest lies are 99% truth, Mm -hmm. 1% lie. So good. So it's like the truth. That's the biggest lie is the one where you're almost completely convinced it's true.
0: And it comes from the ego's righteousness and a desire to protect yourself and hurt them yes and what you're saying is so important because again the answer comes down to love right Mm. that's why christ was like love and everybody's always saying love right um when i was uh you know on mushrooms in march it was an intense uh trip i kept i kept beating myself up going like why am i so arrogant why am i so arrogant And my friends were like grace arrogance isn't all bad sometimes it shows confidence and leadership and i was like i understand now when er- when there's no love then it's arrogance but as soon as you add love to arrogance then it becomes confidence and leadership
1: you have to be psychotically confident and also humble
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's it's crazy it's literally insane but you know that's what you gotta do you gotta
0: it's the impossibility <laughs> that makes the thing that is hilarious that is the right thing right so good i love yeah. i love what you say this truth yeah. lie thing man and then yeah. in that moment also when you were like um being truth truthful to your ex you weren't being honest to yourself right
1: yeah i was still i would say pretending is the disease of humanity it's (laughs) really comes down to the pretending and in a lot of moments you're like i said the truth yeah but all of it yeah really nah not really so again any omitting of anything you once you are honest with yourself like that was a lie like uh then then you i feel like everything is balanced like everything is as equally my fault as it is everyone else's and everything else is me being cool. (laughs) 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 Like,
0: um, no, when you were when you were talking, no, I forgot what the fuck I was gonna say because what you just said was so fucking funny. The <laughs> me the me being cool thing. Can I tell you, you know, my 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 paternal grandmother in, in uh she's dead now, but she was in South Korea. When I was a kid, I was terrified of her. She and she's uh, she was a farmer, so she lived out on a farm and she would sit like this, that cool pose that you did. Yeah, she would yeah, sit yeah. like this all day smoking tobacco out of a long ass pipe like a long metal pipe with a beautiful perfect neat bun she would just smoke all fucking day and I was terrified of this woman but I was like enamored by her because I was like she looks so fucking cool (laughs) like (laughs) it's like my (laughs) eternal goal like to to strive for that that you know that level of I don't give a fuck yeah. And all that matters is me and my pipe. Oh, oh, this is what I was gonna say. Um, truth, truth transforms, right? Because in the moment, whatever you're saying that is true feels true, but the moment passes and that truth is no longer true because mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. time, because of mm-hmm. time and because of perspectives and relationships and because th- the present moment is gone. So mm-hmm. truth o- is always transforming. You know, whereas with well, honesty, it's like with you at all times, so you're always gonna be confronting your honesty. Honesty right. is about presence, and truth is not present. Truth always transforms, and that and that's how it becomes lies
1: eventually. Well, everything is subjective, like literally, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you really can't find an ultimate, like, uh, like, like good and evil. Like, mm. if you think about it, like the things we think of as good and evil, it really yeah. comes down to uh, humanity and not going extinct. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why it's like, what's evil? Murder. It's like, yeah, if you murder too much, we, we, we might go extinct. <laughs> so, hey, don't murder. It's like, All right, man. Like, <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. My bad. <laughs> like well, you can't steal well, why well if you, everyone's just stealing we might go extinct you know we might not mm. reach immortality it was like all right let's not steal
0: so it's about survival it's i it's really like think darwinian kind of thing good and evil yeah. came out of this survival thing okay
1: right and that i think comes down to, like truth and concepts that are kind of like that also have like a like it's like that where it's like truth is what you need uh, to survive most of the time yeah. You know. Yeah. So a lot of times mm-hmm. if you say something it's really like no one is harder on you than yourself. Right. I have literally mm-hmm. found that with everyone. Everybody. It's like, oh, you you think you're you don't deserve it's all the mm-hmm. guilt of religion mm-hmm. and you know, it's mm-hmm. all of it, right? Mm-hmm. So the guilt is it's like you berating yourself for being so weak that this would happen to you there's there's like stuff like that where it's like it gets down to what what are you really guilty about it's really you not loving yourself enough like you were saying what is there to forgive it's like Mm -hmm. right it's like just if you you love yourself enough it's all good you know and it's the the truth and and lying thing it's whatever in the moment you need to convince yourself you're a good person Hmm. in a lot of ways so it's like uh, the work on that has to be, it's like homework. It's not mm-hmm. a practical. Like if someone asks you, and this would be the point I was trying to get to, if someone asks you if you're happy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: whatever your answer is to that question is the answer. Like if you go yes, you're happy. At least that's the truth in that moment. Even if, you, if something inside says no, well, you expressed yes, so it was more powerful than the no so i that would be my it's like in the are you ha, like in the moment your answer that is the truth <sighs> I
0: think you and I have enough powers to uh, start a cult in uh, upstate <laughs> oh, this, New York. This
1: was. Yeah, yeah. They,
0: they would come and flock over just to hear us talk, a hundred percent, these fucking hippie whites. They would be down. They're like, what, a Korean and a Syrian, and they're gonna talk about this shit? I am so in, take all my money.
1: So I'm I gonna, did acid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. do you need to do it? No, no, no,
0: no, go ahead, tell me. I they're did acid. acid
1: at a music festival. Recently. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of music? Metal metal music? Uh well, no, it was more like folky rock, like oh, very uh like, like gentle shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was uh, thankful, like, you know, God invited me. You know what I mean? Yeah. To a friend who met someone, da, 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 you want to do this? Yes. That is God. Yeah. yeah. It's God called. I did a uh-huh. set and everything. It was amazing.
0: Oh, so fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was loving it. I met so many cool people, like yeah. like people I would never think of meeting. Uh, yeah. different Like people that I'm going, you're going to contribute to world peace. Yeah. And people also, I'm like, you're a serial killer and you do this music festival thing on the side. It was the whole spectrum. And I was doing acid by the fire, thinking of everything and and working shit out. And at a moment, I was like looking at everyone and like kind of semi roasting them, like noticing like funny faults about them. Yeah. And I was like, what? I can't even enjoy this peaceful moment, big fire, acid. Like, well, you have. And then I started laughing at that. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So
1: um, I find <clears throat> uh, being able to laugh at it, whatever it is, it's like the skill. It's like the skill to. It is the
0: best skill.
1: Because I was feeling guilty about mm. not being able to enjoy the the hospitality of these people. Mm. And then I laughed at it. Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's a ridiculous, it's ridiculous idea. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, um, my friend, Mike Rose, he's a comic and he's also into psychedelics. And he said this, he was like, he was like, I want to normalize crying. And I was like, I was like crying and laughing are the exact same mechanism. Both release tension in the body physically. They open up the same things in our faces, you know, our sinuses you know, makes tears well up, makes snot come out, you know, you emit sound, your breathing gets irregulated when you're crying and laughing. And it's the exact same thing. You know, actually, that's the title of my dissertation. My first book, it's crying laughing. Hell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how similar they are. And um, the more we laugh, you know, the more we become regulated physically, and therefore mentally and emotionally.
1: Absolutely. It's so funny. You say that Um, whenever uh, like I was helping my friend move it's like his last uh, night here and everything and I was and I couldn't help but cry like I just I'm like, dude, you're just like, you know, we live together. (laughs) You're so kind to me. You're so nice. And I I have a thing where like I never had a a brother always wanted one like Mm. I like. I'm like, why are you not, like, I'm like, why is, why are you, why, I'm, I'm like, whenever I say goodbye to a friend, I uh, get emotional, I want to say unapologetically, but, no, apologetically, I get emotional, (laughs) and I go, ah, why am I, like, too, da, 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 but I, that, that was very healing, what you said, where I'm like, no, it's like, I'm, I should be more proud. I, I get to express that love, you know, in that way. It
0: is an expression of love that's first beautiful, first and most important thing. And it's literally your body. Like you have to, we have to be grateful to this mechanism. It's our body regulating ourselves.
1: Tension, yeah. It's like all Releasing the tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like people I who don't cry. Microdosing, crying.
0: Uh, people, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: you and i should uh come up with a a certain breed of mushrooms called crying you know and they could literally yes. microdose off of
1: that yeah. yes In the um, cults. hell yeah
0: yeah no uh but yeah crying is very important and you know people who don't know how to cry there are some people who literally can't physically cry because right. they it's they're so repressed that they can't do it. The fact that you have that mechanism, I mean that's something right. to be grateful to yourself for. <laughs> right?
1: Thank you. Some people, yeah, exactly. That, everything that I'm like, because I cry and I get embarrassed, like, no, 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 hug your demons.
0: Hug your demons. It's not even a <laughs> demon, actually, it's just right. a little sad, little yes. cute monster. And it put you know a little
1: facial like a uh, demon like thing on front of it so you don't come too close because it's afraid.
0: It's afraid, man. Yeah. I I could talk to you for 8,000 years. Um and, I got you. and and we will continue to talk for 8,000 years. Um I want to I always close out with a f- series of flashcard questions. Okay. Um because it's called K-drama school. The show I'm talking about is called uh Till the End of the World. <laughs> 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 just realizing the epicness of that title. But, um, Perfect. So I'm just going to ask you uh, like some premises and then what you would do in that moment if you were this person, okay? All right, so me. You're, uh, you're a high school girl named Sahi. okay? You're an orphan. You lived at this orphanage all your life. The orphanage is like your home. And the orphanage director is a woman and she has a son named sejun And sejun is in college and he likes you a lot and you like him, so you guys start dating. But the orphanage director, who you used to look to as a mother figure, tells you not to date her son because she doesn't think you're good enough for her son. What do you do?
1: Oh, I would disregard the the woman completely. And uh, I would trust the man to make his own goddamn decisions. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, it's like, uh, I'm not good enough for your son? No, I would not take that. No, no, no. I would, mm-hmm. I would forgive her. I would try. I would be bigger. Like, hey, you can think that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But no, it, it's I. In general, it's like I find family irrelevant in that way. You know. So. Oh
0: yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, so let's yeah. say it's, it's the other way around. You're hijin, You're the guy. You're the college boy, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you find out that your mother just kicked out your girlfriend from the orphanage, uh-huh. telling her that she's not enough, not good uh-huh. enough for you. What do you do?
1: Oh, I trust my mother completely. I would. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love my mother, and I she's yeah. my superhero in many ways. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. in so many ways, she's so powerful. But right. I also understand her flaws, and I understand that mm-hmm. she doesn't know everything. So I would, I would uh, continue with what I want to do. Okay. Yeah, Dope. I, All right.
0: Setting boundaries with love. Love that. Okay, sweet, sweet. Okay. So let's say you're Sahi again, you're this high school chick, but you're like, 19 years old, okay. And you've been working hard, a bunch of part time jobs, and you're like trying to save up enough money to go to college, okay. You meet a guy, not not this nice boy, a different guy. Mm -hmm. He's rich. And he's such an asshole. Okay. He invites you over to his house. And you go over thinking that there's a job unfortunately what he ends up doing is uh he rapes you mm-hmm. he bones you w- against your will and uh you become pregnant with his kid <laughs> what do you do <laughs>
1: Okay, first of all, I'd be like I I was spent 19 years in a uh, in a orphanage. <laughs> orphanage and I don't know about rape. God damn it. I need to read more. I would say... <laughs> Yeah. Also, I mean, at that point if the world did me that wrong, yeah. Um I hope I don't go to a dark place. Mm. um but i uh i would uh, try to i would well see see here's the thing do I, what do i want do i want the kid or do i not that's like a very uh because uh i would like if the decision is this like i again i was like oh you have the kid and you blackmail the guy and blah 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 it's like no 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 <laughs> it's i would probably i would probably uh, um uh um uh, uh, start the Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay, good, good,
0: good. All right, all right, all right. All right, so this piece of shit who raped you, okay? He's yeah. like, I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry I raped you. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but I am obsessed with you, and you have my baby now. Like, we have to live together.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And again, you're, you have no money. You have no prospects. I mean... And you're like, fine. Fine. So you guys move in together. But then this rich guy's parents find out that he is shacking up with you a poor girl with nobody, no family, Uh nothing who got knocked up because their son's a piece of shit rapist. Uh uh And the rich family says, if you live with this woman, we're cutting you off of all your money. And so now this rapist guy (laughs) whose one thing he had was money. He's now uh-huh. a poor. He's broke as shit. Uh-huh. And and you guys are living together. What do you do?
1: Okay. Uh, I would feel like I owe this guy nothing, you know, on the count of the raping. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> so I think I would take what I am owed from this sad excuse of a human being in any way I could. And I would go to their parents, their parents would be like, well, this is still your blood. Uh, fuck you for raising a ch- uh, a man that can't. Uh, like this is your fault. Like, oh, you you should be in on this. Like, no, no, you are. This is your responsibility too, mother. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. I would
1: yeah. I would go in with that attitude.
0: Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Guns blazing. Naked too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> naked, full third <laughs> trimester, full belly. Just show yeah, up. Be the like, belly on it is- is- oh. yeah. <laughs> that's amazing wow yeah, would, okay uh, yeah you should have written the show okay
1: i would wait till right. the, the baby to come put it mm. right in their face right yeah. in their
0: fucking face you can't yeah. deny it this is your fucking blood yeah, yeah good yeah, yeah. okay all right you're uh Seijun now you're that college boy that was in love with so you're the nice uh-huh. one okay uh-huh, uh-huh. you find out that you uh the woman you love got raped by this guy and is uh-huh. pregnant And now Uh they're shacking up together. What do you do?
1: I will say this. Um, It is uh, my responsibility to uh, to uh, offer her an option where she doesn't have to do that. Mm. As uh, if I'm really honest with myself, Mm. if she needed to do that, it's Mm -hmm. uh, it's again also on the it's like on the count that she it's like 50 percent. She didn't never heard a rape uh and 50 percent um i uh whatever if i was offering her life if i was offering her to be my mine yeah was i doing that with no uh with such a lack of responsibility for uh, what constructing a life is that i uh, uh expect her to not you know what i mean so I would accept the responsibility that if I'm really in love with this person, it doesn't matter. And if she's really in love with me, uh, she would read more. You know what I mean? Something (laughs) like that. Uh, (laughs) And I,
0: (laughs) you're stupid is the
1: problem. Yeah, you don't read. You (laughs) don't. That's the problem. (laughs) I would probably be like all right why did I not be such, uh, I would I, I always think of myself and this is like I have two sisters and there was a mm. song but the point is I want to be a harbor I want to be like a like a place you can mm. put your ship and feel safe
0: That's so nice
1: I want to be an oasis so yeah. if I'm not doing that what uh, expectations what right do I have to expect anything ah. from the world
0: Very good oh, I yeah. love that and Misha, you already are that. You are a harbor <laughs> and an Oasis, FYI. Um, oh, okay. you're,
1: you're too kind, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So, Sejun, the nice guy, he gets oh. into a fight with this rapist piece of shit, okay? And the rapist piece of shit smashes a glass bottle into Sejun's face. And <laughs> Sejun goes blind, okay? he <laughs> He goes blind. He lost his fucking <laughs> eyesight. Uh-huh. <laughs> this poor fucker. Uh-huh. He lost uh-huh. his eyesight, okay? Uh-huh. And you're you as Sahi, the young mm-hmm. woman, and uh, you find out that you're the man you're living with who raped mm-hmm. you, who was the father of your child, uh-huh. blinded the love of your life, okay? Uh-huh. At the same time, you go to the doctor, and you're fucking pregnant. And the doctor says... You have leukemia. You're going to die in a couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> well, what, what do you do? Say, well, uh, I would uh, find this guy uh, what, uh, named Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> <laughs> i would be like, all right, time.
0: <laughs> he knows something about grief. Yes.
1: Also, uh, back to the guy. So. It's like, one, you really love this girl and a guy raped her and you let him live. Go fuck yourself. Mm. Second of all, you're going to go confront the guy. Learn jujitsu. The same (laughs) way, read a book. It's like you're going to confront a rapist. Bring a a pocket knife, man. You know, it's like some of of this is like you could do better. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And so the lady gets leukemia. I would be like, (laughs) all right. This is obviously cursed. This whole <laughs> life of mine. So might as well uh, uh uh like I don't know, cut the guy's dick, the rapist's dick while he's sleeping, eat it while he's watching me, uh and then I don't know, like kill him in another gruesome way. Uh and then fucking I, I don't know, she's going to die. I'm going to die before the baby is born or is there a chance to save the baby?
0: You could save the baby.
1: Oh, well, then I would bet everything probably on the baby. I would uh, start writing a memoir, maybe make a vlog, leaving <laughs> clues like, hey, if uh, a guy is giving a rapey vibe and he's like, come to my place. <laughs> should, yeah. Bring or bring a gun. Bring. Bring a gun. Bring, yeah. Yeah. He has a
0: rapey bring a, vibe. Bring some weapons.
1: Yes. I think women should carry guns. I <laughs> think that's like and men should know jujitsu. I think that should be law. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Keep the baby. Uh, uh, give it the best life possible while I'm dying.
0: Uh, okay, because that's yeah. what what more could a mother do who's dying? Yeah. Okay, yeah. last question. Last question. So you're Hidgen again. You're the poor fucker who's blinded Blind by, now. Yeah, by by your by your ex girlfriend's rapist. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> you uh you had surgery for your eyes, and you wake up and you can see. Mm-hmm. And the doctor says that your ex-girlfriend died and she donated her eyes and that's why you're able to see right now. That her uh-huh. eyes are in your fucking head right now.
1: Uh-huh. What do you do? I go, fresh start, baby. <laughs> Clean slate. No guilt, <laughs> no harm, no foul. You know, she did break my heart, but these eyes are pretty nice, so I think we're even. <laughs> uh, I will carry the lessons with me. And God bless America.
0: <laughs> very good. Very good. That's it. That's the end of the Flashcard series. Thanks, Misho. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>